This is the Busy People Podcast hosted by Nicole Hope and Victoria Albuquerque. Dropping knowledge on all things health, wellness, and lifestyle because you're never too busy to learn something new. Today we have our friend Greg LaCava, who is on talking about relationships, marriage, communication, losing the ego, and we hear about his perspective as a male, um, and he gives us some insight onto how to foster a successful relationship. He gives us tips about communication, and it's a really good listen for anybody who's not in a relationship, in one, married, divorced, uh, he kind of talks about it all. So, Yeah, and I think um, one of the best takeaways from that is ultimately, you know, doing work, the work on yourself um, in order to be the right partner and then also how the right partner can bring the best out in you as well. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool to hear from Greg's perspective on um, what to look out for both good and bad and how to, you know, work towards keeping that relationship strong through the years as well. So hopefully everyone enjoys. Check it out. We're back again with another episode of the Busy People podcast, and we have a very good friend of mine, Greg LaCava, who is going to talk to us a little bit about relationships and his experience um, in his own life and what he's learned over the years. I go to Greg for a lot of advice in my life, so I think he's a good person to listen to, and especially because we're hearing it from a male perspective. So do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and then also talk about why you think this is an important topic from a male perspective in general? Introduce myself? You just did. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else you want to say? No, I think I have, you forgot to mention that I have a, a very close relationship with your husband. Yes, that is you know? true. So I've known Greg since, 2000, uh, since 2004. And you forget another important part. I'm the one who put him on to you. I said, there's yes. a girl in my school that you need to meet. And yada, 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 here we are. I didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That is true. That so, is a really important point because. Yeah, for sure. Because it gives you a little uh, credibility in that you have <laughs> you have some little insight of what might work and what might not work. This is true. And I've known Greg since he was 21 years old. You know, so, I mean, um, I, I met him through coaching, as you know. I, I've been a teacher and a coach for the past 28 years. Um, other than that, I'm a dad. I'm a husband now. Um, I'm just a normal guy trying to trying to be happy and be peaceful and have peace of mind in life. And with so many things that are going on and being pulled in so many different directions, which now it's better because, you know, children do do that to you. They pull you in so many different directions. Um, and I am no professional. I don't work to be a pro professional. I've never studied this, like, you know, uh, formally studied this. This is just, I'm an observer of people. I've always been that way. I will continue to be that way for their forever. And this is just from observations and personal experience. And, and I think that um, it's very difficult for men to talk about their personal experience, you know, and, and because I think we, you know, man to man, we feel judged by men. 
you know, I, I, like everything, and I try to explain this to Kim, I say everything between men is a competition in some way, shape, or form. It's just the way it is. You know, you could have your best friend and everything is competition. I mean, and I, I think that's instilled in men, like you're constantly competing with each other and with things around you. Um, so that has obvious, that is obviously, I believe, different, you know, between men and women. And um, not saying that women don't compete. I think it's just a different thing. It's just a natural instinct for men to compete with other men. Um, but like I said, I have no formal experience. I just speak from the heart. Um, it has definitely become much more, much deeper since I've been with Kim. Uh, my relationship with him has changed me, changed parts of me. I, I don't think changing your entire being is healthy for anybody, but it's definitely changed parts of me. Um, we are so opposite. It is totally different ends of the spectrum. Tim is more Tim. Kim is more of a spiritual kind of a thinker, uh, empathetic, compassionate. Not saying I didn't have those traits, but I didn't have them to the to the length that she has them. They were and deep think, down in your. They were oh deep down and buried. Right, and I think they were definitely buried because of my upbringing, with a very strict father who showed no emotion at all. Um, any sign of emotion was weakness, you know. But my dad is a great man. He was an honorable man, but he was a very difficult man. You know, he made us uncomfortable emotionally, you know, um, mentally and physically. And that's just the way he believed to raise his boys. You know, he had three boys, so it was just a different way. I understand, I, you know, it's only been over the past few years that I've actually gotten to scratch the surface of knowing who my dad is. I think I told you, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm 53 years old. And I do not know that man, you know. Um, but now I'm starting to get a, a little bit more of a feel for who he is. And he's a, he's, he's um, difficult in his way, but he's always tried to do the right thing. And, and he was a provider for the family. He wasn't a caregiver. You know, I think that's a huge distinction that people need to make. Some people are providers, some people are caregivers, and some people have a good mix of both. Um, But I think it's, you know, it's hard to have a good mix of both, especially with what's expected of you as a man in this society. I mean, there's a lot expected of you. I'm speaking specifically for men. I am not downplaying women at all. Let's get that out right off the bat. I mean, women play, without women, men would would not exist. You know, I think it's the most important relationship anybody can have is a great relationship with a woman. Uh, or uh, not, for me, being a heterosexual man, that is the way I look at it. But you need a partner, you know, and, and I think that that relationship becomes the most important thing in your life. And if that relationship doesn't give you a peace of, peace of mind and doesn't give, give you spiritual peace and soul deep peace, it's not going to be as fulfilling as it could be. And that's what I've learned since I've been with Kim, even before we were married. And I resisted, you know, I had a certain way of living my life and that was the vision I was in and, and she cracked it and showed me different ways. And I, the biggest thing is you have to take your ego out of it as a man or a woman, your ego has to come out in a relationship. You got to get rid of that ego because we do so many negative things based on our ego. I think it's, it's interesting you talk about some of the growth that you've experienced since being with your wife, uh, Kim. I, I guess, you know, that's something important. Like the relationship you're in should help you grow and become a better person, right? So I want to talk more about that in terms of like 
if you feel like from your own experience, um, you know, how, how do you know if a relationship is the right one? Maybe early signs or mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's traits you're, you're looking for or that you can look back now and like, oh, well, that's why it all worked. Right. I think that um, it's easy to recognize those things as you get older. I think when you're younger and I'm, I was I was that way, you you don't have these concrete red flags or deal breakers as much as you do when you get older. And I think because you're in a different phase of life and you're thinking, I found someone I want to marry. I want to have a family with that person and I want to move on in your life. So I don't think those red flags that you see, you kind of look away from them because you have goals that you want to meet. Uh, not that I don't have goals now, but they're different. So I think that you have to decide what or what's important to you, the deal breakers, like I you know, red flags. What are those red flags to you? For me, they're my, my moral and value code. That's the most important thing to me. You know, deep down, when I have to make a decision, I am thinking, you know, morally and valued how I feel about this specific thing. Um, and I think we tend to look past that in a in a in a broad sense, when you're younger and you're looking to get married, because I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. When I was 27, I was with a woman. I came off of, we're going back to my ex-wife now. We were together, we broke up, and I was devastated about that. I met someone new, and then I started getting into this mindset of, I'm 27, my next phase in life is I need to get married, I need to start a family. And part of me knew I was going into that for the wrong reason. And I think young, younger people sometimes do do that. I think they look past that stuff. And I did it. That eventually didn't work. Like I ended that, that, that engagement. Um, but the red flags. Was that, was that after your first marriage? No, it was, no, it was before my first marriage, but okay. it's, it's a long story. Like I was with my ex-wife, we broke up, I was devastated. Then I got back with her. After this, after the relationship I'm talking about, but there were red flags left and right with the girl I was engaged to left and right, going off left and right. And I ignored them because I had a focus of, I want, it's time. I'm 27. I'm going to be 28. I need to get married. I need to have kids. I need to start a family. So I think it's hard. Was that like a society, like the pressure society puts on you or was it a family thing? I don't think it was, it was, I didn't, I don't, I think it's, I put it on myself. I put it on myself that this is the next phase in life. No, I, I, I totally feel that. I mean, I think it's funny talking about age and obviously how much you grow as you get older and you just know more and live more and experience more. I, and I do happen to know so many people, my parents, Nicole's parents that got married young, like their mm-hmm. early 20s. And I, I feel like, yes, they, I'm sure they worked very hard to still be together today. And I also think they were extremely lucky finding the right person at that age. And they were able to grow together because I think as you, I don't know, I kind of feel like as we've like our generation has gotten married older than our parents did. I feel like you're going to see less divorce because people know what they want, know what they don't want. And they've had so many more experiences before they're getting married. I don't know. I feel like when I was 27, I was just like, I I was just figuring out who I was. I was going to say, I mean, if we, Victoria and I were like looking back at ourselves in our early twenties, we're not, we're really nothing like we now that we were then. So 
there's been so much change, you know? Definitely. And I think like, like I'm probably 15 years older than you. That's kind of a different generation, kind of a different generation. So, you know, but it was always, it was always drilled into my head growing up. This is the way you live your life, you know? And right. back then I think you're right. I think, you know, people are getting married older and older because life has changed. I think that if I ever had to speak to my sons and I would tell them you need to live with someone before you marry them without a doubt, because you can never really know someone unless you're actually living with them 24 hours a day. Yeah. You don't know people. You don't know how they are. I mean, even if you're in a, a long-term relationship, when you go separate ways, you know, you're living, you're by yourself, you're doing things your way. You don't know those intricacies or those things, those little, you know, weird things that your partner does unless you're living with them 24 hours a day. So that would be my suggestion for my children who are 22 and 19. When they get to the age, you need to live with someone. You can't just go in blindly and just say, we're going to yeah. get married. Yeah, to totally. I, I agree with that. And it's funny too, because it was like, I felt like, cause I lived with someone before I, I, w I was in a relationship with someone lived with them before um, I met my husband but when that didn't work out, because it was like, okay, well, you're moving in together. So obviously the plan is to get married and right. live happily ever after. So you do, you feel like a failure when that doesn't work. I guess, um, I don't know. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things you learned from, you know, your divorce to getting remarried? I learned that number one, you have to be egoless. So you got to minimize your ego, especially as a man, as much as you can. You have to communicate. Communic if you don't communicate, you just drift into, into a different, you just drift in different directions. So I would say, I know, and this is hard for men. I mean, you guys know, I mean, most people I talk to, you know, men are more stoic and they're more quiet and they don't talk as much and they don't share their feelings as much. You know, when I was 30, I wasn't, I was the same exact way. So what I'm trying to say is that if you can find it, if these things, if you can listen to these things at older, more experienced people are saying, and try to implement any of them into your younger relationship, you're going to be more successful. You know, I mean, just in general, you know, communication was huge. Um, that's number one, you have to constantly check in. If you don't check in, life just passes you by, especially if you have kids, you know, you're working, you have children, you're constantly focusing, focusing on other things rather than your relationship. Because the fact of the matter is, if you can't keep that relationship strong everything in your life starts to go in a different direction you don't want to go in, you know and that's what started to happen to me plus i lived my life a certain way and i i, I believed everyone should have lived my their their lives the same way and that was again upbringing you know i was very strict like i said it was this is the way it's done and you better do it this way and unfortunately i carried that into my my married life i don't think i meant to do it be harmful in that doing it that way it was just what I knew and I wasn't really open to other ways and as I've gotten older I'm, I'm more open to other ways and I think you have to be flexible but the biggest thing to me is that if you're if you have an ego and you put those walls up because of ego it's very difficult to have a, a you know a healthy relationship either male or female if either one puts those walls and egos up and you know, is embarrassed to talk. Like it was hard for me in the beginning of my relationship with Kim to be totally open because, you know, let's be realistic. Men are, 
you know, you're not supposed to be that way. I mean, it's weakness to be sharing your, your deepest, darkest. She knows more about me. And I tell her this all the time than my first wife did. She knows my deepest secrets. Like it's unbelievable. Like I just felt this, that was age and maturity part of it. But the connection that I had with her, knowing that I was safe to share this with her allowed me to open up more. You know what I mean? Like that was huge yeah. for me. Like I was safe. She wasn't judging me. She was trying to understand. Even if she didn't understand, she was trying to understand. Yeah. And I guess when you talk early on, you're talking about having that peace in a relationship. And when someone really, really knows who you are, good, bad, and ugly, and they still love and support you. I mean, that's a sense of peace that, you know, when you have that, I think, you know, it's super strong and it's, it's long lasting. Um, but I think it's funny too, because although I would say my husband is extremely stoic and I admire that so much about him because I'm an emotional roller coaster mm -hmm. and I wear my heart on my sleeve, like, you know, exactly what I'm thinking <laughs> at all times. Um, but he's been able to help me, um, you know, just, I think be less reactive or be a little bit more calm and, you know, uh, be able to like observe without analyzing everything. And I think, you know, if, if you can kind of help and support each other with mm -hmm. those traits and also, you know, for him being able to be a little bit more vulnerable and emotional, um, and working together, that's when I think you get into the good stuff, right? Victoria, well, would, you, would you say you're opposites? Sorry, Greg. I know you yeah, and Kim are opposites. Greg and I are opposites. Absolutely. In, like, and Vic, would you say you and Ben yeah. are opposites? So yes. it's, in, it's just interesting because Greg brought that up early on. And I was thinking about my relationship and we're definitely opposites. And now you're talking about you guys being opposites. Yeah. So maybe it is opposites. That balance. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Kim and I have this argument all the time, not argument, this discussion all the time. What's better opposites or exactly like you? I yeah. don't know. Like I don't, I think what opposites force you to do is to open up to things you would never open up. To. Yeah. So I think it's better. I think it's better that you have opposite people, but those people have to be willing to come together, to move. Like I always talk to Kim, the scale, you have to move off your comfort and find that spot. Now you can't move all the way to one side because then you're resentful and you're just not living who you are. Right. But if you can both move a certain degree, then you can be successful. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that if I was in a relationship with someone exactly like me, it'd be a disaster. Like I would, yeah. And so I, yeah, I, I think that having that balance certainly certainly helps um greg what do you think are some top qualities of a healthy relationship oh my what gosh you be looking for i think it's different for everybody i think everybody values things differently um but you have to have honesty and trust is number one you, if without those all these other things will never work if you can't trust the person with you who you're with explicitly a hundred percent and you can't be honest with them, even sometimes knowing it's going to upset them. If you don't have those things, nothing else really matters. But for me, peace of mind, peace in my soul, um, honesty, loyalty, communication is huge. But again, there's so many factors that go into this. Like men are ego-driven people. We are ego-driven people, you know? So if you can't put that ego aside, 
none of this stuff is going to work. You have to, I had to put my ego aside as a man. So when you, can you talk a little bit more about that? What do you mean? Like become more vulnerable or? Yes. Like, here's the thing, you know, men, men just bust each other's stones when they're showing vulnerability or weakness to other men or being open and honest. Now I have no problem doing that anymore because I am secure in who I am and I've grown and I, and I really don't care what people think about me anymore. You know, so I'm more, I am more likely to share my vulnerability with people, even men, but society doesn't teach that. You guys know, I mean, men are not supposed to be vulnerable and emotional and this, that, and the other thing. But here's the thing. A man has to feel, and he will do it. He will be vulnerable and open and emotional to his partner if he feels safe in that relationship. You know, not judged. And it's still difficult. It's still very hard because we are supposed to be hard. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny. Like, women are always like, like just talking to people. I wish they would be more vulnerable you know, um, um, talk more, share their feelings more. That is very difficult for a man to do because they're constantly, it's when a man feels a hint of weakness, he shuts down. Like if I'm looking to Kim, there's many times when I've had conversations, wanted to have conversations. And before I'm even talking, I'm saying, is she going to think I'm weak? And that stops you. It doesn't stop me anymore because I feel safe with her now, but it was not easy to begin that process. You have to just, Here's you have to be able to um, accept the fact that you will be judged and not care. Then you could be open and honest and vulnerable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't care. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna tell Kim this, and I don't care what the result's gonna be. You know what I mean? Like if if she judges me, then I'm saying this may not work. This relationship may not go in the direction I want it to go in. And we wouldn't have been where we are now. And I, and I hope she would say the same thing about me, you know, but you can't go home in your four walls. Kim and I were just talking about this today. If you, last night, if you can't go home in your four walls and just let you, you let yourself go, then your relationship is not going to survive long-term. Yeah, know? totally. And I think even for like, for women, I know in my experience, like um, being in corporate America and living abroad and being on my own and being so hyper independent, it was really hard for me to like be like, I act, I need you or, or let someone feel like I needed them. So I think men do that as well. That's, that's obviously. what I was just going to say. That's, a, that's, we feel the same way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that was a big thing for, for me, which was an, an issue, I think, in our relationship early on because it was like, it's okay, it's okay that like you can ask for help. I can help you. Right. Um, and I think that, that goes both ways. But like you were saying, like to just completely let, let go and be exactly who you are and feel safe in that. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some of the mistakes. Obviously, <laughs> let me find you've that been page. married, divorced, <laughs> and now remarried. So um, looking back, if you, in all of your infinite wisdom can maybe give us some insight to some mistakes that we can try and avoid. I think the biggest mistake to look for, although you have to trust your gut, your instinct, and you can't look past those little things that can become big things. If you start, if you start saying, well, she's really good here, so I can deal with this is okay. 
because eventually that's not going to be okay. Because if it's constantly happening over and over, day after day, we, you know, you're just going to start. It, it it just gets bigger, is what I'm saying. Like if you look past those small things, they just grow over time. And so, you know, red flags. Like I said, red flags. To everybody, if someone's not going to communicate, you got a problem. You know, if you can't crack them at all, if they're not willing to communicate at all, that's going to be a big problem. If I'll speak from a man's perspective, if a man constantly worries about ego and if he's going to look weak and he's going to look, you know, stupid and that's good, that's a big problem, for, you know, because there, you, the only way a man is going to open up, like I said, is he feels safe. If he feels safe with a woman, he's going to open up. That's not easy to do. You know, I mean, again, I say to myself and I, I, I was, I, my second marriage is much better than my first marriage because I am more confident as a man. Okay. I don't feel, I don't care as much what other people think and I communicate much better. Now I'm sure I have a long way to go, but here's what Kim and I do. And I think this is important. Every Saturday morning and Sunday morning, we sit and we have a conversation. Sometimes these conversations go for three hours and we totally like, she misses yoga. But we get so in, you know, into these conversations. Every night after dinner, we spend at least an hour to talk. Now, this was not possible when I had children. When I was younger, you don't have that availability to do that. So it's much easier as you get older. So like, my biggest thing is to try to like, why I feel this is important is because if I could tell this stuff to my younger self, I think yeah. that's huge for people. So I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but I'm, what I'm saying is that if you can take some of these things in your younger relationship and try to break through those barriers, then you have a much greater chance of being successful in, in, a, in, a, you know, in your marriage from the beginning. Do you think it's important when you have young children and life is super hectic and crazy to... Like, should you be carving out time? Should you have dedicated time you to, to just one-on-one? Absolutely. I'm going to tell you what most men think. And I've talked to a gazillion men about this. When children come into the picture, a man feels second to the children. And I agree with that. Like, I think that that's, that's perfectly okay for women to feel that way. I think that's a natural instinct for a woman to feel that way about her children. But we as men, being ego-driven people, when we're, you know, we start thinking, well, the kids are more important, the kids are more important, and that's where that disconnect starts to happen. And then it's you just stop talking as much. You, you know, you don't want to be as open because you're feeling left out. But that's a I think it happens, but I don't think a woman purposefully does that. I think it's just natural instinct for the woman to do that. But you have to find a way. Like date night. Like, I remember talking to Kim about this. We've been together for seven years now. In the beginning, when the kids were younger, I'm like, when her kids were here still, they're, they're out now. But we have to tell the kids, leave us alone. We want time to ourselves. And it, I think it's more difficult for a woman to, to say yes to that than it is for a man. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. it feels a little, it's I weird. I mean, I'm living it right now. So, like, yeah. I'm in this phase with little kids and you know we have no time i mean you know we try to like we're trying to get together with you guys and try like we, victoria and i just talked about it too like i you know we barely have time to see the people we want to see then also make time for ourselves and then you know it's crazy they're just 
around all the time. That's like parenting, you know, it's just what it is. Do you think, Nicole, as a as a mother, do you feel guilty if you because I I feel like I, I have a lot of friends who will say that like, like sorry, I just I don't have time. Like we're, we're just busy and the kids come first. Is it a is there guilt involved if you're like, well, we're going to it's just me and dad going out tonight? Um, I mean, we don't feel guilty. We definitely make time to go out, you know, like, but for example, if I'm going out, you know, if we were getting, I mean, we just went to Mexico with our, you know, with a group of people, I didn't feel guilty going. I knew it was yeah. a good thing for us and for all of us. We all have little kids. Um, but like, if I have plans, if Greg and I have plans on a Saturday night to go out and then someone asks us again to go out Friday night, like then I'd be like, yeah, no, like it's two nights. The kids have a babysitter for two nights. Like I probably wouldn't do it, honestly. But I would, like, Greg and I would hang with the kids Friday, and then we, like, hang with each other after they're sleeping. Like, we do yeah. try to do that. But I guess, Greg, um, we're using a little Greg quite often okay. in this conversation. <laughs> um, and I don't usually call you Greg. I call you Wakaba. But anyway, right. like, with, and I know that when your kids were really li- little is when you were with your ex and not Kim. But, like, what are some other, like... I don't know, suggestions for couples when they are in the phase of like being, you know, driven by children and children's schedules. I mean, you can't stop it. You have to, so you have to work around it. You know, I think you made a good point. Um, I don't think it's just going out outside of the house to get away. I think there it's perfectly okay to have your kids in your home and say, mommy and daddy need time together alone not just always making it going out. You know what I mean? Like, because what happens? Like, you're going to go out once a week, once a month, once every two. Like, you have to be able to have that time to yourselves in your own home, even though your children are there. And I think that was, we didn't do that. You know, I think we got so caught up in it. Looking back on it now, I would say that that is one of the most important things to do. You have to make, you have to understand that as a, as a couple that the strength of our relationship is the most important thing of having a successful, successful, healthy family. If our relationship is weak or has cracks in it, it trickles down into everything you do. So if you can and I, it's not easy, trust me, I wasn't able to do it. You know, maybe I could do it now because I'm older and I'm thinking of consciously thinking about it more and more, but in the moment you're zipping by, you're going to work, you're getting up, you're dealing with the kids, dance and sports and, all this stuff that's going on, cooking dinner for everybody and all this craziness that goes, goes, comes with, you know, have raising kids that you have to force yourself to take that time with each other and say, we are the most important union in this family. Cause if that union is cracked, everything suffers. Everything, in my opinion, from my experience. Do you think um, that comes down to, having a like a, a friendship with your partner i yes i think that like i you know i have this this thing about when you know marriage i think when you get married they're your ride or die person that's it they become you know you have family but that's your family now like yeah. your family your immediate family your parents your brother they're all second close second but they're second to your immediate family 
but you have to be friends with if you don't like the person right as a friend you have no freaking chance to survive but yeah. here's the thing here's what i've witnessed here's what i've lived and witnessed when people get married when you're 30 years old you are not who you're meant to be yet you have so much growing to do and the problem is that people tend to grow apart and i'm not even sure how you're supposed to solve how you can solve that you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like I say to Kim, I'm like, Kim, if we got, if we were married in 1999, when I got married, I don't think we would have survived because I am not that person that I was back then. I was very hard to live with. I wasn't abusive, but I was very hard to live with set in my ways and not open to different ideas. I'm much more open to them as I've grown. So I, it's so difficult to say how you can do that. Like, because people are constantly changing. I guess if you're doing the work on yourself, you're inevitably going to be a better partner. And um, yeah, when you have two people that are open and vulnerable and willing to do that work, then yeah, that's one person cannot do it. Yeah. You can't, you can't grow. You can't grow as individuals. You have to grow as an individual first. Right. But you have to be grown in the right direction. Like you can be who you individuals, of course, but you have to have this, growth that's kind of moving at the same pace in the same direction because if one person is distracted into something else and they're going off to that thing and leaving the other person out of it then you're not growing together like you can't you have to be an individual but then your union has to be like a separate a third person like together you have to create a third person in there you know and and that's the one that has to be true so do you think that like without for you specifically so you met kim and then obviously i think you believe that you are now a better version of yourself but do you think you would have been on that path post-divorce without having her like do you think she brought that out in you she brought that out in me plus i was willing to have her bring it out you know like this goes part and part with being young and having a family, you get so singularly focused on a certain way to live your life that you very rarely veer off that. And that's what happened to me. Like I was, this was my focus. This was my goal. This is how I'm going to achieve it. And I didn't really take into consideration anyone else's thought process about it. You know, Um, Kim, you know, I, I was open to it at that point. I was open to saying, well, you know what? maybe there is a different way to do this. You know, maybe there isn't a different way. There is a different way to do this, but maturity, that was maturity played a huge role in that, you know, becoming older, I became more secure in myself. And, you know, I I knew more about myself than I did when I was 29. You know, I was 45 when we got together, 44, 45. That's a huge difference, you know, huge difference. So you, I definitely, she definitely did make, I tell her all the time, like, if it wasn't for her, I don't know where I would be, you know, because I don't think I would have gotten off my, my path. You know, I wouldn't, I would have stayed on the path and been like, well, it was someone else's fault why my, the marriage didn't work. It was her fault. Now that's a whole different situation, but then you, I, I have to take responsibility for myself. Like I recognize that I can't live this way. I can remember when Kim and I first started living together, you know, the cap off the toothpaste drove me insane. The, 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 a piece of soap this big 
in the shower. Why can't you put a bigger <laughs> piece of full bar of soap? Like these were things that I lived. That was my life. Like that's how I lived. And then because of who she was, I would not have changed anything. But I did because of her. She made me feel safe. She was the she in, embodied all those things that made me feel safe in my soul. You know, and I, trust me, we argue. If you don't argue, if you don't fight, your relationship's over because your mentality is fuck it. Oops, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, you can. It's fine. The kids aren't in here. Because <laughs> your 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 mentality becomes, I really don't care, and once you don't care then that leads you down a bad path when you don't care anymore. Now, I'm not saying you're brawling about everything, but it's healthy to have disagreements. So do you have, I mean, do you notice that you argue in a more, in a healthier way now? Can And like how, like, so we know we're all, we all argue, but what is a healthy way to argue? Oof, I definitely, I think, What's a healthy way to argue? Or what do you notice that like is makes it more productive than just going at each other? Being self-reflective in the moment as well. Listening to what the other person is trying to say. Like I know when Kim and I disagree, most of it's because we're coming from totally different worlds. Not only are we coming from a male and a female perspective, we're coming from totally different upbringings. So what I feel is like, I always say, why don't you, you don't understand what I'm saying? Like, how do you not understand what I'm saying? And she says the same thing to me. How do you, I'm like, you're not a man, you're not a man and I'm not a woman. So we're not going to understand what we're saying. And and I remember the battles we used to have, but a lot of the battles, I will be honest, were because I was resisting change coming out of a divorce. I was resisting the change. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm not going to let myself be that vulnerable. I'm not going to open up. So, but when you start feeling safe and you start, the first thing is taking the step, the first step, you know, I mean, I, like I said to Kim, she knows stuff about me that nobody knows about, you know, my first wife doesn't know. My parents don't know. My brother doesn't know. Like she, because why did I feel comfortable enough to, to say that stuff to her? Because she made me feel safe and we disagree. Like we have, we have disagreements and arguments and, you know, but what I found now Again, it's because she fulfills me instead of having an argument and then playing the cold shoulder until someone else cracks. I won't do that anymore. I will say, listen, I don't I don't like how this is feeling. I want to talk about this. Let's have an open discussion, you know, and and that's the ego part. You know, I'm not sure. Now, we're talking average people. We're not talking extreme maniacs that are just ego driven nut jobs. We're talking about middle like average people that think clearly that aren't like maniacs with this stuff. Cause those people never change. You know, they only see life one way. And if you either get on there, or you're gone. You know, that those people will never see any of this stuff. When you are, well, let's obviously, since we're talking about arguing um, and like, I, you know, we've talked, Greg and I have, Greg, you and I have talked a lot about how we grew up pretty similarly, like, you know, and I, have witnessed a lot of and do myself because that's just how I grew up like walking away from conversations and like you know because I don't want to continue the that type of like anger my dad does that a lot like I'll just walk away it drives my mom nuts she's like you're just like your father can't you just stay and have a conversation I'm like I'm like I don't want to right now have it you know 
but how do you know that like the relationship isn't a toxic relationship and you're just working through something? Well, that's a good question. I think if you have these red, these red flags and you have these, these um, deal breaker things, if, if toxic relationship, I I don't even know where that word came up. Like that whole phrase Mm -hmm. came up. I was trying to think about that. Um, I think it's toxic if only one person is willing to change and the other person is resistant to change. That's a toxic, to me, that's toxic. I mean, when you have two people, there has to be a constant ebb and flow of change between each person. You can't, one person can't change and the other person just in, like Kim used to say, you're a stick in the mud, you're not moving. And I was like that, you know, if one person is not willing to change, and I'm not saying change everything about yourself, but be able to accept the differences between the two two of you and understand that if that I think you're much more likely to um, argue, have a disagreement and get through it if you recognize that the person is not being mean to you or not purposefully trying to hurt you. Okay. Like I used to take things Kim said to me and be like, she's like attacking me, attacking me. That's the worst line you can say. I feel attacked. That's a cop out. And I've used that. You know what I mean? I've used you're attacking me. Well, I recognize that she wasn't attacking me. She wasn't doing anything hurtful to me purposefully. She was sharing how she felt. And because I either my ego or I didn't agree with it or, you know, what I believed in my head, that's why I felt like attacked about it. So toxic relationship is different to everybody. What you will put up with is different than what I will put up with and different than the next guy and different than the next guy. So you have to find those things that you, like you mentioned, are red flags and total deal breakers. But I don't think you recognize those until you're older. I think you're willing when you're younger to put up with a lot more stuff than you are when you're older. That's my experience. Like in, in regards to that. the negative stuff, in regards to the negative stuff. But then again, you know, people stay in, in a, in an unhealthy relationship for many, many reasons. And when you get married and have ch- children and houses and stuff, there's a huge amount of things that can get wrecked. pressure. Yeah. This, total pressure to stay in a relationship that's not healthy, you know, and it's hard for people to get out. So how do they like what? So you, you've got, you got out of two. I mean, we've all been in relationships prior to our current relationship. So Mm -hmm. we've all, you know, gotten out of relationships, but how, how do you, I don't know. I feel like people don't want to, you know, a lot of people are scared to be alone. A lot of people are scared to feel like, a failure but if you know it's not right then what do you how do you get out like what do you think the first well, step is again it's, it's different between just a just a relationship and a marriage it's there's like you said there's totally different bigger 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 things that you know you have to take into consideration in a marriage and i think that's why it takes people longer to end a marriage than it does end a relationship you know what i mean like you're just like like kim and i used to say you know, if this, if this relation, this was during arguments, well, if this relationship ends, it's fine. I'm just going, there's no harm, no foul. There's no kids. There's no money. There's no property. There's nothing. We just walk away. Um, but what was your question? Your specific question? <laughs> I just was saying yeah, like, no, it's no, we're still on track. Get just getting out of it. Yeah. Like what, how do you feel confident enough that, you know, I need to go and, and what do you do to get out? How do you get well, out? you have to have you have to have a belief in yourself that you'll wind up on your feet 
And if you're someone who does the right thing and works hard and continue, you'll, you'll eventually get back on your feet. Uh, one of the biggest things for me was embarrassment about divorce. I have no divorce in any, in my family at all. So it was a, a self-imposed embarrassment. And I remember Kim saying, nobody cares, nobody cares. But to me, that was in my head as a kid, that divorce is a bad thing. And these, you know, my friends that were divorced when I was young, oh my God, that's like a bad thing. You know, it's bad. So I was living, fighting that whole thing. But my bottom line was my, my, um, my absolutes that I believe in a relationship, if she, she went too far and that was the end for me. And then I couldn't go back. You know, I'm like, that's it. I can't do it. I dealt with it once, tried to figure it out, happened again. And I'm like, that's it. This is, it is making me sick, number one, and making me compromise who I am. And I think it takes people different amount of time to get to there, to get to that point. I had a very long fuse, but once that fuse burnt out, it was over. Yeah. I I feel like you've given us so much wisdom today, as always. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you've, you like, obviously you've been Greg's mentor for, since he was 20, you still are, <laughs> but now you're mine. But Vic, anything else you want to ask? Well, I guess um, I want to maybe put it on to you, Greg. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you maybe want to put out there for our audience? Well, it's funny because I'm going over some of the things that I was I was talking about, um, but that was I was thinking overnight, and I have so many things to say, but like they have to like free flow, though. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. The, um, let me see here. The basic things are communication. I I think for a man, it's it, it's ego. I mean. If, if a man won't won't let down his ego, it's going to be hard to have a relationship with that person. I also believe like that uh, you have to accept people. You have to accept differences in people, you know, and and the number one thing is that you can never compromise your core beliefs. The things that give you peace in your soul and, in, you know, spiritually give you peace. If you compromise those things too long. You're losing yourself. And once you lose yourself, your relationship has no chance. You know, everything goes down. You know, I say to people all the time, I'm like, two things have the biggest impact on your life. It's your job because you spend so much time doing it. And it's your relationship, whether that relationship is with yourself or somebody else. If you can't control those two and, and feel good about those two things, you're it's going to be difficult. You know, everything in your life is going to be difficult. So, you know, I said to Kim the other day, I said, Kim, I love my life, except for my job. But my relationship with Kim allows me to not take that job so seriously and how I feel about it anymore. You know, but when it becomes, when you're in a bad relationship and you have a job you're really not that happy in, you're in big trouble because you have no escape at that point. You know, you, there's nowhere to escape. Um, so I think those two, and it first comes with a relationship with yourself. You can't be in a, a, a quality relationship with someone else if you don't have a great relationship with yourself. And that's constantly changing too. Some days you feel good about things. Other days you don't feel good about things. But your life, you can't compromise your truly, truly deeply held morals and values. Once you compromise those, resentment starts to kick in. It just doesn't work. You know, you, you can't. And, and it's hard for people to just walk, say, I'm just going to stick to this principle and I'm not going to I'm not going to budge. But 
let's be realistic. Average people, they want honesty, they want loyalty, they want good values, they want someone who's compassionate, someone who works hard, someone who's a good person in general. You know, like, so if you can pick out of those what the most important things are to you, you have to build those and foster them and keep working at it. So the, for young people, and for anybody, for anybody, but especially for young people, you have got to stay connected to your spouse. If you don't stay connected to your spouse, and that's just conversations and being being able to share things that may be bothering you and not keeping them in. And that's what Kim and I try to do. If something's bothering us, like in the past, I would hold it in. Like it's weakness to say that that's bothering me. I'm just going to walk around with an attitude and not, she's not going to know. Yeah, she's not going to know what's wrong with me. And I'm going to say nothing, nothing, but there is, you know, and that doesn't work you now. So you have to be willing to take, be ready to, be vulnerable. That's vulnerability, you know? So it's hard for a man to do it. You know, I've found as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at it. But if Kim didn't come into my life, forget it. She gave me a totally different perspective. And as she said, I gave her a totally different perspective also. So we took our weaknesses and each of us improved the other's weakness by being who we were. And that created a stronger relationship for the two of us. Like I, everything I do, I, I think about her, you know, and I'm like, I want to tell her, I want to bring her into this. I want to ask her this question. I want to get her advice. And that's the, there's nothing better than a healthy relationship. And it takes a lot of hard work to continue to have one. And I think that's probably part of it is like, people don't want to do a lot of hard work. And the expectation often is just that it should be easy and once it's not easy, then it's like, oh, like, you know, F it. But it is hard. And it's go. it takes, like Victoria said, I mean, for our parents, Victoria's parents met when they were 12. And, you know, they've, right, Vic? 12? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, they've had a lot of difficult times, as everyone does. And, like, they obviously work hard to make it work. But a lot of people in our generation, generation you know, younger than us, like people don't want to do hard work. They don't want to do hard work at work. They don't want to do hard work (laughs) in their relationship. They don't want to do, they just want everything to be easy. And like, that's not realistic, obviously. You know, it's funny. I, I, just the other day I was talking to Kim and I, it just came out and I said to her, and I wrote this quote down. If one person is totally happy and fulfilled and getting everything out of the relationship that they want, there's another person that isn't. Interesting. That's a good quote. Think about that. The other person isn't. If you're work, walking around like this, hap, like everything is awesome and I love my life and everything is going great in a relationship, that's impossible to do. That's not possible. The other person's not getting what they want because they're giving you everything to make you feel that way. You know, like, right. and what are you giving? That's what I'm saying. Everything about what I feel about Kim is awesome, but there are some things that irk me like that bother me that she does or says or whatever. But if you're walking around, like you're in total control, of your relationship and everything is great. And my wife is awesome. And every, then that part, the other, or the other way, one person is not getting everything they want because it's a give and take. You can't always get what you can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. And if you are getting what you want, someone's not getting what they want or need. You know, I was just thinking about that yesterday because she brought it up again. She's like, that's an awesome. She's like thinking about it. It's like, that's a great quote. And I, and one other thing, good piece of knowledge, people will only change 
out of inspiration or desperation. It's the only two things that will get people to truly change. You can say, oh, I'm going to change. Watch me. I'm going to change. But people can do it for a short period of time when they say that. But the only true change to change who you are comes out of inspiration or desperation. And that that's, it's so true. She said that years ago. And I'm thinking, really? Like that's, is that like, but when you think about it, everything is done. True change only happens out of inspiration or desperation. If you are overweight and you want to work out, you get inspired to do it or you're so down, you're desperate, you're going to do it. In a relationship, you are wanted to work because you're inspired to have a great relationship or you are desperate that I, we're at the bottom of our, we got to do something to get this relationship back on track. So she, she gives me a lot of insight in those things that I never had before and I never was even open to it. You know, so awesome. being able to be open has definitely helped. Well, this kind of um, is a good transition into what we typically do at the end of our conversations. We like to um, ask each guest if they have a mantra that keeps them motivated each day. And I feel like you might have a few. <laughs> well, you dropped two good, great yeah. quotes. So. Well, those, those, that's based, you know, mantra. I mean, I, I will steal Kim's and I've, I've taken this. It's do good. Try to do good every day. And and for me, me personally, it would be um, be honest, you know? I think be open and honest with people like the stuff I'm sharing with you. I've shared with my colleagues at work and I've, and I've, and I've, and I would say to them, I don't want you to what happened to me to happen to you. You know, like, please, like I'm saying this because I want you to be happy. I don't want to see you miserable and your, your relationship fail. Like take it from someone who's gone through a, a failed relationship, you know? And I think that I'm pretty, level-headed in the sense of that I'm willing to say what makes people uncomfortable and what they're not willing to say. Like I, I've talked to, I've had conversations with people, men and women at work that are just like, they're looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, if you can't be open and honest and not worry about how the other person is going to receive it, but you're doing it for the right reason, you can sleep at night and feel good about yourself. Like you can feel good about yourself that way. So mantra, inspiration and desperation is always a good one. And never let yourself get too comfortable because comfort leads to complacency. Complacency is not a good thing in a relationship. I mean, my, my, I would not wish divorce on my worst enemy unless it's abusive, abusive relationship. That's totally different. But just a divorce has been the biggest challenge in my life was dealing with that, you know? And, um, the good things that came out about came out of it, whereas I, I got my peace of mind back. I got my my internal peace back, and I found someone that is moving in the same direction as me, you know, as a human being and as, you know, as a partner, moving in the same direction, just want the best for each other and are always going to be open and honest, and that's the most important thing. That's good advice. That's a yeah. good mic drop moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we just want to thank you, obviously, for – joining us i appreciate I love it. i love chatting with you this is awesome thanks greg you're very well thank welcome. you so, so much. much i hope you guys enjoy the rest of your sunday afternoon thanks for listening to the busy people podcast you can find highlights from today's episode in the show notes 
Please support us by sharing this episode, leaving a rating or review, and subscribing to the show. And to catch all the latest from us, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Busy People Podcast. Join us next time for another enlightening conversation because you're never too busy to learn something new.